Hi, welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and welcome to the show. Today, we are doing another Kids Yoga Perspective episode, interviewing Lauren Chadoff, who I'm really excited about. She actually introduced me to Kids Yoga. So a little bit about Lauren. Yogi Beans is the brainchild of mind-body fitness expert Lauren Chadoff, who founded Yogi Beans in 2007. Lauren found herself teaching yoga to hundreds of kids, attending numerous trainings, workshops, and lectures, and designing the Yogi Beans curriculum, sprouting from her innate ability to connect with children and her knowledge of yoga. Yogi Beans has since become one of the top-rated children's programs in New York City and beyond. Lauren oversees and trains the stellar Yogi Beans Bean Team, leads regular teacher trainings, and creates and teaches weekly classes to beans of all ages at a range of venues. Lauren holds a bachelor's degree in theater from Northwestern University and is a registered yoga instructor through the Yoga Alliance. Lauren continuously evolves Yogi Bean's programming from her extensive experience in the classroom, on her mat, and through her love of her own beans, Vivian Bell and Juliet Rose. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh God. It's really hard to listen to your own bio and be like, <laughs> like you're like, God, expert. You're like, no, like, it's well, very, <laughs> you are, but I know that well, feeling. But yeah, you listen and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you. I mean, we should be proud of our accomplishments, right? Just like you tell the beans. Yes. Yes. We, sh- we should be. We should be. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I was like, Oh gosh. <laughs> well, that reminds me of children because they're always honest too. Um, yeah, but I thought, true. so obviously we've known each other a long time, but for the listeners who maybe haven't heard of you before, can you just give us a little background, like how you got into kids yoga to begin with? Yes. Yeah. And uh, thank you for having me. I want to start sure. off by saying I'm, I'm very proud of you and I think this is awesome. Thank you. Um, and I'm excited to be, um, uh, I guess. Okay. So how did I get into kids yoga? Well, I don't think any, well, when I started kids yoga, it was not, I'm mean, now it's, it's become much more popular as you know, even from like when we first met people were like kids yoga. So I, I never like grew up being like, I'm going to be a kids yoga instructor or a yoga instructor for that matter. Um, but it's the same. It's the story that you probably know. I, uh, I know Vivian knows it. <laughs> she repeats it over <laughs> and over. Um, but when I got my yoga certification, I did my teaching practical and I was told, you know, you had good cueing, you have good alignment. And they said, you have a lot of energy. So you might want to tone it down when you teach a yoga class. And I took that and kind of was like, yeah, but then I wouldn't be being myself. I wouldn't be authentic. And I thought I should probably teach kids. I did a lot of children's theater in college. I was a nanny. I always loved kids. And I was like, they'll respond well to um, my high energy. Having a lot of energy and being really animated is something I find can, you know, works well with kids um, to keep them engaged. And that's really how I got into it. It was pretty organic being like, oh, gosh, I do have a lot of energy. Um, and how can I use it to my advantage? Right. And then how did you go from there where you're like, okay, maybe I should teach kids to then starting your own business and teaching so many children in different places? Like, how did that come about? 
Well, I had the idea. I, at first I came up with the name and I love the name. I was like, oh, I, anything that was cute, I'd call a bean. Um, and I love that name, like Yogi Bean. So that got me really excited. And I think part of in like a past life, I was an actress and that's, that is just, you hustle, you know? So I had yeah. that in me from a very, um, from a very early start. I mean, I was acting when I was in high school, sending out resumes, sending out follow-up postcards, going in the city to audition. So I always had this drive and I think also when I would pitch Yogi Beans to schools, it was, it was so easy because I believed in it so much. And I think, you know, when you're an actress, it's very, but you're selling yourself, which is like the most vulnerable thing to sell. And now I'm like, oh my God, it's a kid's yoga program. Like who wouldn't want this? It was so, it, it felt um, almost easier in a way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would do what I still do today. You, you know, I yes. download, I downloaded a list of all the schools in my neighborhood and I would just cold call. I would stop by schools. I mean, I, I, I mean, I do the same thing. If I see a place now that I'm interested in, I just walk in. Um, I'll talk to anyone. I'll talk to a wall. So <laughs> I would just, I was very, that's how I, I got a lot of generated. A lot of business was just calling and emailing and following up. Um, and then it got to the point where a school had called me and I was already teaching Monday through Friday. And most kids yoga instructors know after school is a peak time for us. And they wanted like a, I remember the school, it was like Solomon Schechter on the Upper West Side and they wanted a Monday. And I was like, oh, great. And then I looked at my schedule and I was like, oh my God, I'm already teaching. I need to hire someone. And that's really how it all, it all started. And then, then from there, it just kept going. That's amazing to me because- for me, it's so admirable because, it. you know, you've I've seen, seen it. it, I've seen the business, but you know, like hearing that beginning story, cause I met you, you know, after you had founded it. And for me, that part of running a kid's yoga business, the kind of cold calling or the pitching for me, that's a big challenge. Cause that's not where my strengths lie. So to hear, it's like really cool to hear, like for you, that's, that's kind of your comfort zone and you could talk to anyone about it. So it's just, it's admirable to me to hear that. Now, once you started hiring teachers, um, I think for anyone listening who has their own business and is at that point, over the years, have you found, like, what are the qualities you look for when hiring? Because I know that could be so tricky. It's a hard business to yeah. hire for, right? Because well, you're not teaching a ton and it's, yeah. Yeah. When listening to the bio, the one thing that I was like, yeah, I was like the stellar bean team. Because once you start hiring, if you're at the point where you're hiring, and you know this with gem yoga, if you're at the point where you're starting to hire your own instructors, it's real. they are everything because they're a representation of your brand. So if you're at the point where you're teaching and your business is growing and you need to hire instructors, that is the, that's probably the hardest one, well, staffing, yeah, you know, yeah. staffing classes and hiring. It's the most important and oftentimes the hardest part of what I do. Um, things that I look for. I tend to, my background is theater. So I tend to look for performers, whether they're dancers, whether they're singers, um, whether they're actors. I, I do find that performers tend to lend themselves to this work. That's not to say other people that are not performers <laughs> cannot be kids yoga instructors. That's just what I look for, for hiring. Right. Another reason too, is a lot of performers myself, I got into, um, before I even started teaching yoga, I taught Pilates and that's when I was, you know, acting. And the reason for me was I needed a flexible job. I needed something where I kind of create my own hours, can build it around auditions. So 
Besides performers having a certain energy um, for kids yoga and to engage kids, it also oftentimes works with their schedule. A lot of our instructors are actors or dancers, so they can, you know, teach in the morning, teach later in the afternoon, and they have most of their days free for auditions. So that's another reason um, that tends to work well. I always say I look the most important thing, though, is that you love working with kids. Mm -hmm. You want to have a passion for yoga. However, I always feel I can teach someone how to teach yoga for kids. I mean, Jess, you're the perfect example. When I met you, I remember meeting you and being like, oh my God, there's something about her eyes. Jessica has the most beautiful eyes. I know people can't see you, but (laughs) I'm telling you, believe me. And her eyes were like so soulful. And I remember you were a dancer. So I was like, okay, she, she, you know, isn't inhibited to perform in front of people. Not that kids yoga is a performance, but there's a certain part of it. I Mm -hmm. think you'd agree that you are like holding the space, especially with the younger kids. Um, and you, you weren't a 200 hour yoga instructor yet. And that was fine with me. Cause I'm like this girl, she, she, she knows she loves kids. She's passionate about yoga. You practiced yoga. You were a practitioner. You just weren't a teacher. So I always say like, if someone loves children, and has great energy and they're a yoga practitioner, they have to have some relation to yoga. It has to be a part of their life. But if they're not a 200 hour teacher, that's fine. I would rather have someone that loves children and has the right energy and attitude to teach yoga to kids than someone that has eight hours, 800 hours of adult yoga instruction. Right. It's such a different thing. That's what I think some people don't realize that kids yoga is a completely different beast than teaching yoga to adults. It's like a whole different skill set. Definitely. A lot of adult teachers probably wouldn't want to do it. Right. So how you, you mentioned earlier, like your whole story, how you got into it and they were like, okay, tone it down a little. And, and you you kind of took that and, and thought to yourself, no, that doesn't feel right for me. I feel like you having a sense of who you are and your energy and your strengths, do you feel like that helps you when it comes to teaching children? Like, do you ever meet children? Maybe you feel, or I don't know if maybe they're, they could be misunderstood, like, or, you know, have qualities that teachers will say, Oh, they're, they have a lot of energy They're Or, you know, they're sometimes I hear them teachers say like, Oh, they're bossy or using these kind of words that we would, wouldn't associate in a positive way. Do you feel like having that understanding of yourself, who you are, that you see those children and you, you kind of understand them and bring that to your teaching? Um, I think, you know, I, I often say that I teach kids yoga to remind myself of the things that I need to, to, to continue to work on and grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, we, all, I am definitely aware that all kids learn different. Some kids are more linguistic. Some kids are more like um, Howard Gardner's theories of intelligence, you know, that we, yeah. we've spoken about, you know, so I definitely will look at a child and be like, oh, maybe, you know, they're not going to, re- this isn't going to resonate with them, but maybe music is a way to get through to them. Um, and in all of our Yogi Beans classes, a big thing is like, we do a lot of I am mantras and really trying f- to get kids to cultivate self-love and self-respect and talking kind to themselves. Um, so I don't know if that specifically answers your question, but I'm definitely aware of, you know, also trying if, if a child is, you know, if a teacher's like, Oh, they're really bossy or, Oh, they're really, you know, um, I don't know, class clown or stuff like that, trying to get the child to see themselves in a different light or to like reframe that role for them instead of bossy, maybe they're a helper, you know, or a leader, 
So I think the word bossy, especially with girls too, right? We've heard that it has this negative connotation and we can turn it around. I know. Isn't it? I've noticed that or thought of that recently, like bossy tends to really be a label we give to girls. I, you know, I don't, I don't hear that often with boys. So it's just something, something about that, you know? We've even spoken about like when you're teaching that, and I'm just going to use like the, what we call mini bean, that like preschool age group, which we both have preschoolers now too. Um, So we know this (laughs) firsthand. Um, When you're having a child that might not be listening or more disruptive, giving that child a leadership role or having them sit near you and help you teach a certain part of the class can really reframe that or redirect that child. And then you're like, oh my God, they were great. And they loved having that responsibility um, to lead a certain portion or it kind of changed their attitude. Right. And that's what you taught me so much about that when I was first started teaching and remember the the one student I had and I was like, she's three, but she's taking over. Like, what do I do? And, <laughs> and you kind of, it happened. And then, you know, you gave me those suggestions of letting her lead or, and I, you know, I tried everything and by the end of the semester, she was like my favorite kid. And I just loved her so yeah, much. That happens a lot. Where yeah, like can the you child think of the time for the you? Beginning. Right. Where you, where you were maybe like, you've had that. I'm sure you're triggered or by the, oh God, in the beginning. Yeah. And then by the end, you, you find a new. Yeah, those are the kids that often like teach us the most and make us become stronger teachers too. It's almost like, I would say it's like you unlocked the, the code on how to get through to them. Um, and I have like numerous examples of that. I remember a girl I used to work with privately. Um, the mother reached out to me because she had some, you know, she was ADHD and the mother didn't want a lot of parents will try yoga um, because they don't want to go to medication and they're looking for holistic or, you know, more alternative therapies. So the kids come to yoga. And in the beginning, I had a hard time finding a way to get her to focus and be still. And then I realized she's an artist and she loves dogs. So we would do a lot of yoga Pictionary where she'd get to draw the pose. And then she was much more willing to hold the pose right um, after I, you know, so that I remember that specifically, or I would do something with her where we would do like a dog show and I'd have her in down dog and I'd get her into different poses while she'd pretend to have to be in like the Westminster dog show doing different <laughs> things. And I need to hear the dog breathe three times and lift one leg. So just kind of going into what interests her, Again, my goal, well, uh, my golden rule, you know, is what we, what you resist persists. So rather than fighting her, finding a way to meet her and be creative. Yes. You know, so much of yoga is being, you know, creative and thinking on your feet being like, that's not working. Don't try and stick with it or else you're going to have a miserable class and the kids aren't going to have fun. You need to pivot and turn and find something that, and redirect it. Right. Exactly. But yeah, that's, it's like, practicing the yoga yourself while you're teaching, just staying present and going with yes. it. Um, over the years, since you've been teaching for a long time now, do you feel like your teaching has evolved or changed at all? Especially say since becoming a mom, like did that shift your teaching at all? I, yes, I definitely think my teaching is always evolving. I'm always like, even just last week when I taught, I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. I mean, that's what I love about it's, it's creative for me. You know, we were both performers and come from this artistic, you know, I come from a theater background, you come from a dance background. So for me, Yogi Beans is this, it's completely evolving and it's always creative. And then at the same time, there are certain things I've been doing since 2007. <laughs> it's almost like a stand up, right? They right. have like certain parts of their gig that like certain jokes they hold on to for a while. There are certain things that just always work. Like I'm always doing big hands, little hands, big face, little face, because it works. I've been doing it for 
13 years, you know? Um, right. So there are certain things I do forever. And then there are other things that are brand new and I'm constantly evolving. Um, so yeah. So did, I guess, did you feel like both. yeah, a little when, when you had Vivian, your first Yeah. Daughter? When I had kids, did you think? Yeah. It's so interesting. And you and I have spoken about this. Um, and this just happened yesterday. I taught a class for Vivian's Girl Scout troop. I think becoming a parent, there, there's a big difference because when you're teaching kids, you teach them for 45 minutes and then they go when you're a parent they're you know, you're with them all the time there. It's not a 45 minute gig. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me has been teaching a class with my kids in it. That's been really challenging. Um, when my kids are in class and how to separate being the teacher while also being the parent, because the, the, your, your child wants your full attention all the time. They've even told yes. me, well, I don't like it because, you know, then you can't give me all the attention and you can't cuddle me in class or get me a snack. I'm like, no, yeah. I, I can't get you a snack right now. Um, so that's been really, really hard. I don't know if like, I mean, being a parent has made me more compassionate probably for parents, <laughs> I would right. say, um, for parents, uh, and I think personally for me, like in terms of my classes, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm leaning towards saying it probably has, but maybe in more of a subconscious way. Cause I can't think of like a, right. Well, I, I think right you, now. you've, you're just kind of naturally, you've always naturally connected with kids. So I don't think I can, I can see how like, you've just, you've always felt that connection. So it might not necessarily change. I think I've found since having my daughter, like you said, it's more seeing the parents in a different light and, mm -hmm. and understanding how hard the job of yeah. parenting actually is because before more I, compassion and yeah, definitely. before it was theoretical and I could try to, but now it's really understanding what it's like to have a two-year-old at home and, you know, and seeing it from their side. Um, so teaching yoga to kids is, it, it can be really draining at times and, and tiring. And you're also a mom of two. So do you have any ways that you kind of take care of yourself so that you're able to then go out there and teach your students and, and be in a good place? Yeah. Oh gosh. Right. It's so for any working pair, just for any parent, it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, but I guess I do, um, my, my morning ritual. I'm a big, like I get up before the kids a half hour before everyone. Sometimes that doesn't work. Cause if they get up before, you know, my alarm goes off, things get a little bit um, messy. I, I kind of need that alone time in the morning. I do my meditation, a little bit of journaling, and that definitely grounds me for the day. If I don't, if I don't do that, um, I do feel a little more frazzled. Uh, so that that's important having, having, you know, for me, I am a morning person. I know you are too. So to get up that extra half hour, sometimes it's really hard. Most of the time, I even if I am tired, I can like make it downstairs and to have like 20 or 30 minutes to myself definitely helps me. Mm -hmm. I need that. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm a, I need to move. So getting in my own practice is important. Even if, you know, it's not as much as it was before kids, even if the, you know, I meditate every day, but if I practice the physical, like the asana twice a week, three times a week. One of those might be a 10 minute session. Um, that definitely helps too. Mm -hmm. And I also know that going in, you know, this is our job. We're kids yoga teachers. So when I go teach a class, I have to put whatever I'm dealing with aside and teach the class. And whether it's 45 minutes or an hour or two hours, if you're doing rotations in a preschool, I usually end up after the class feeling a lot better. 
Um, so I think it's just also being able to compartmentalize and be like, I have to be on for these kids right now. And then after you go back to whatever it was. Right. Um, right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, have you found that you have a favorite age group to teach or are you kind of, do you have fun with all of them? I mean, I've been teaching so much preschool and elementary school right now, which I love. I do love them all. I I really do. I have been missing though. I really want to teach some tweens. I haven't since I moved to long Island, I had a private for a little while with like a 10 year old boy, but I haven't taught a tween class in a while. And I am itching to teach one again. Mm -hmm. And I want to do more baby yoga. So baby yoga and tweens are classes I really miss because I haven't teach, you know, been teaching them as much. Um, It's hard to say. I feel like each age group brings something so special to it. You know, like the little ones are so cute. Um, you know, the, let's just say like 18 months to five and then elementary school is great because you can really start getting into discussions with them and talking a little bit, really diving into the philosophy, even at seven. Um, and then the tweens are just a whole other, you know, I, I kind of put them in their own segment. They're so impressionable. Um, and just, I can remember when I was a tween and what that was like that, you know, it's right. hard age. So being able to offer them tools, like coping tools, <laughs> yeah. uh, feels great. Like you're being of service. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I, it would be hard for me to say if I have a favorite, ask me on a certain day, then maybe, <laughs> but like in general, I do really love them all. I feel like each, each age group has something special to offer and also challenges. Right. Absolutely. I don't think I have one favorite. That's great. Then you have more of a range. Like you, you really, you really could teach any age and enjoy it, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So having had a yoga business for so long now, what if, if there's business owners listening, what would be like a, a prime piece of advice to keep in mind? If you say someone's just starting out with the kids, don't partner with anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was going to say that. I haven't had the best luck with business partners. Um, I I mean, that would probably, if we're going to be honest, (laughs) my biggest piece of advice, unless you know them really, really well, um, like for years, but then it can also ruin a relationship. Um, I guess my husband and I are like partners and that works well. Right. Um, so that, that would, if I'm going to be honest, that would be one piece of advice. Um, and the second would be, you know, be, be persistent. You know, if you want, if you want to build a business and do this full time, you have to be persistent. You have to, I mean, just, just yesterday I did an event and I did two events yesterday. And the first one was in a mall and we were just, they put like the kids section in like the, all the way at the back of the mall where no one goes. And I was like, Oh my God, Brian, it it was, it, it was a great event, but like there was, you know, one kid came, then maybe another trickled in. And that was really because of the location. And I'm like, you know, I, I'll, I, I'm like Kathy Griffin on the D list. I'm like some <laughs> events, not that this was, this was a gr- for a great cause. Um, but they're just the location wise. There were so many other things going on. I'll still do it. Like, you know, I'll do, when you're growing your business, you have to kind of, you have to hustle, you know, you have to do the event. I used to run around whole foods, you know, I would do events in whole foods. There'd be like one kid in the produce aisle that was doing yoga <laughs> with me. And that's okay because it's marketing and you get your name out there. And, um, you know, so you have to, if you're really looking to grow a business, I always say I work 24 seven, so I don't work nine to five. 
Right. And that's the truth. You're kind of always working, always hustling. You do have to though. Um, I'm reading, um, I just read a great email. I love um, Kate Northrup's book, Do Less. And it's great for working moms because you do work 24 seven, but you do need to, at least for me, I need to find ways where I'm not constantly pushing, 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 and probably do less and be more productive. Um, so. Right. Yeah. Well, you have, that's what the, the big strength in your energy is, is that like you have the energy to do that and to constantly be hustling. You know, it's not easy. I think it's just, I think though, that's just, yeah, I think that's who I, going back to my acting days, you know, I mean, that is the biggest hustle. Um, so it's something that's always been familiar to me and it's, it's not easy. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to follow up if it's like a school or an, a event I really want to be a part of. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm following up with them again for like the second time, you know, and I get insecure, but I just do it. And I'm, I'm like, I'm hitting send and I send the email. Right. And I think what you said about trying not to get discouraged. I mean, I've been in so many situations too, where I'm at an event or, um, at a school or whatever, and you've got one kid or you've got no kids that are doing the oh, class yeah. and you're there and you're trying totally. to teach. It's like not, it's you hard. Feel like the biggest door. You do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. It's like, okay. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, you're trying so hard, but it's hard not to, but to not get discouraged, you do really have to just keep going because it's not, it's not an easy path. Cause even though it is getting more popular, it's still a field where people go, what kids yoga? What do you mean? Like, what is that? Right. How, do you, how do you teach yoga to kids? Definitely. Uh, definitely. It's not like dance or something right, like that. Exactly. Have you found our schools starting to be more aware of kids yoga? Like, have oh, you yeah. Been I think for a while now. Yes, definitely. I, especially preschools. We work with so many preschools um, and elementary schools too, or, you know, with the DOE or in Long Island where we do something called um, through like BOCES, you know, when the school gets grant money, they can bring us in. And a lot of schools, mindfulness is very popular in schools. Right. And yoga is essentially mindfulness in motion is what I kind of call it. Um, but it is more active than, you know, I, I would say if a mindfulness teacher comes into the classroom, they might not be doing as much physical. They're probably not doing as much physical activity as if I'm going into the classroom because, and I will tell schools, I'm a kid's yoga program. We incorporate mindfulness, but I'm also going to get them moving a bit because a part, one of the eight limbs is asana. Um, so we, we, definitely move. Um, but yeah, I see it in a lot more schools for sure. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, Don't I do. You feel totally. that way too? Yeah. It's amazing. Just over the last 10 years, the 10 years I've met you, I met you about 10 years ago. So yeah, even over that time, how much it's progressed is amazing. Totally. Um, um oh, I wanted to also ask you, so classroom management for a yoga class, a lot of times it can be tricky for new teachers, I think, to figure that out. What's the balance between quote unquote discipline and teaching a yoga class? What are your, what's your philosophy on that? How do you keep the classroom in order? And like, what are your thoughts on that? Right. No, those are good questions. I mean, I always say discipline with compassion. Always remember that the child that is acting out in yoga is probably acting out throughout the day. Also a big lesson for me is you don't, a big thing that I not lesson, um, but something that I try to remember when I'm dealing with a difficult child is I don't know what's going on in that child's home. You know, I, I can give you an example of um, last year, there was a girl who even the teacher was like, oh, she's kind of difficult, you know, good luck with that one. And she would, she, I think I posted this to Instagram. She like would look at my face and be like, what are all those dots? 
spots on your face and that they're called pimples. <laughs> yeah. You know, she was that type of like would say things a little. And then one day I was tying her shoes and I said, um, and she had these shoes. She would wear these designer shoes that were very nice, but they were such a pain to lace up. And she was in kindergarten, so she couldn't tie her shoes and they were, they went all the way up. And I was like, these are really nice shoes. Maybe, um, wear them with your mommy and daddy, which already, you know, you don't even know. You know, I shouldn't even assume that she has both a mommy and daddy, but that's what I said. And, um, I'm lacing up her shoes. She goes, Oh, you know, my daddy, he's in heaven or something like that. And my mommy, she said something and I just was like, Oh my God, like, why didn't the teacher let me know any of this? You know, because I would have. I just kind of, that was like a real slap in the face to me to be like, Lauren, remember, you don't always know what's going on at home with the child, you know? Yes. Um, That's, that's definitely, and I always try and discipline with compassion. And in that instance, I probably would have had a bit more, um, realizing what her circumstances were. And then, you know, I am, I think too, I am pretty strict. I remember someone once shadowed me and they were like, wow, I was surprised at how like firm you are. You do need to set boundaries. And it's like the warrior you can be gentle and kind while also strong and setting a boundary. So I find that I can be um, firm and very clear with my boundaries and then also really warm and loving. And I'm definitely silly. So that kind of, it's not like I'm the strict teacher, but I do create boundaries. And then there's the contrast of me also being really silly and getting on their level. So it tends to work well. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's always, it's always a challenge. And sometimes things are trial and error. You know, you try something and you're like, okay, that did not work. I'm not going to do that again. Um, like I remember I once tried a peace corner and like, okay, if you're not, you know, if you're misbehaving, you're going to go to the peace corner and have like a, a time in. And then like every child wanted to go to the peace corner. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, that <laughs> backfired, that backfired on me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, that happens. You just have to be able to then redirect it. Right. Try something else. Yes. So sometimes I think people's understanding of yoga is either that they either picture the asana, so like the the poses, or someone sitting in lotus doing a meditation. You know, they might have these, these are kind of the images we get. Have you ever encountered a parent or a school that was resistant to yoga because they thought it was something and... and like, how do you then explain yeah. what, how yes. it's accessible? No, there are definitely some schools that I've written to and they write me back and they're like, yoga is a religion and it's not a part of our like scriptures or it says not to do it. Yeah, And those schools, I don't even, I just say, okay, I, I will write back and be like, yoga is not a religion. You know, I wish you good luck with your programming. I'm not going to force anyone if that's their mindset. Um, but I do want to clarify it isn't a religion. It is important though. And, you know, to understand where it came from in the history of yoga and it's not a religion. Um, right. So, you know, I remember there was, uh, what was it in the city? I think it was like a Greek Orthodox school and they were, the after school director was interested in yoga. However, she was like, we can't call it yoga. It would have to be called movement. Um, so there's been that. And then, there's the parents sometimes that are like, oh, well, it was very noisy in class. And I, you know, and I tell all the people that take our training, I'm like, you are now the expert for lack of a better word. Right. And it's okay to say, yes, kids yoga class is not going to be silent for 45 minutes. Your child is four, not in a, you're not saying it in a condescending way. It's the reality. Like you have a toddler. They're not going to, they're not going to sit for one minute in silent meditation. You know, maybe they'll lie on their back while you're doing Shavasana. If you're doing like foot rubs and stuff like that. However, class needs, it needs to be joyful. It needs to be fun or kids are not going to want to come to yoga. And the antithesis of yoga is forcing a child to do it. 
So I would never want a child to feel like they have to come to yoga right soon enough, give a parent their money back and be like, okay, it's not working. Um, so I think with parents, sometimes they're like, I, I remember one time I got an email. It was like, hi, I'd like a meditation class for my three-year-old. And I was like, (laughs) we can do some meditation, but like, I can't meditate with your three-year-old for 45 minutes. Like there needs to be other, other things that are going on. Right. So it's like, it's like setting expectations from the beginning. And when so parents understand that that's just not developmentally appropriate or it's just not going to happen. And well, right. You know, we always say with the younger kids, a lot of the yoga is it's going to happen off of the mat and that's okay. Bring the yoga to them rather than pulling them back to the mat, the whole class being like, come on, Chloe, come back to the mat. Just go to them, go to their space and bring the yoga to them. Right. Exactly. So switching gears just a little bit to then, I know you run kids yoga teacher training. So that's a totally different thing. So now you're teaching adults how to teach yoga to kids. Um, So you have a Yogi Beans training. It's been running a long time. What would you say if someone's looking for a training, are there certain things that you would kind of point them to, to look for in a kids yoga training? Because there are a lot of them out there now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you used to lead our training. You're familiar familiar with them. And I think a big from what I wanted, what was important to me when creating the training is that we weren't just throwing people a bunch of games and a bunch of poses. I want people to know how to create a class. I always say you're going to take the information and synthesize it into an actual class. We do a lot of practice teaching. And I think that's important because some people are a lot of people, it's, it's scary. The first you have to, I say, find your kids yoga voice. So in our training, we do a lot of practice teaching. We do a lot of, um, lesson planning so that they know once they're done with the training, it's not just like, great, I have 800 poses and games and breathing exercises. What do I do with them? I want them to know how to take it and create a class. So that I think is one of, um, and I'm really proud of our trainings. I think they're great. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why the feedback I've gotten, the manual is very comprehensive and they feel that they, they know how to actually go and teach. They don't just have a bunch of information and they don't know what to do with it. Right. So I think that's what, again, I can't, I've, I've taken a few trainings, but I haven't, you know, there are a bunch of trainings out there. And, um, I think that's what differentiates ours. Uh, we also, I, ours is a a week. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's a 25 hour training And the reason for that is we get a lot of people that are not yoga teachers. Like I said in the beginning, you don't have to be a 200-hour yoga teacher to teach kids. So we will get a lot of people that are PTs. Actually, I was just emailing a PT just signed up uh, Friday. A lot of PTs, a lot of OTs, speech therapists, teachers, preschool teachers, moms. We get a lot of lawyers too, like disgruntled lawyers that are like looking for finance people um, that are just looking for something that fills their soul. And if they're not a 200 hour yoga teacher, then, you know, the yoga Alliance has standards for kids yoga, but you can't even get those standards if you're not a 200 hour teacher. So that's why I feel the 25 hours. I'm feel very confident after someone taking our training they will know how to go out there in the world and teach a kid's yoga class for ages two through 10. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess that's what differentiates it a bit. 
And, I don't know. And do you, <laughs> That's do you, no, totally. Do you enjoy teaching the trainings as much as you enjoy teaching children? Like, do you get the same? I do. I mean, you and I used to talk about the trainings. We'd be like, oh my God, it's a training. It's intense. Yeah. It's a lot of energy. Um, I'm actually, I didn't even tell you this is breaking news. It's not, well, it's not like fully set yet. So I'll just be kind of vague about the details. However, I've been speaking with, um, a kid's yoga studio owner in Mumbai, India about, yes, I know. Oh my God. I'll talk to, I mean, super exciting. And what an honor to be able to bring Yogi Beans to the place where yoga originated. I mean, beyond, um, and I'll, this, I want to, <laughs> so she was saying, well, maybe we'll do two segments. We'll do like nine to one and then three to seven. Like, so people can do it in the morning and then the afternoon and have two segments. And you know me, I was like, okay, let's do it. And then as I was like, well, you know, we're going back and forth over email, kind of fine tuning our agreements. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about this now. And I'm like, I don't think I can do, and it would be seven days spread out over seven days. Oh, and I'm wow. like, I don't think I can do like nine to one and then go back and do the same thing again from three to seven for seven, 10, seven consecutive days, because I put so much energy on like the people in the evening that it would be a disservice to them. They'd I'd be exhausted, especially by like the third day of it. Um, so I do love leading the trainings. They are though, you know, you're, people are investing their time. They're also investing, you know, financially. So you feel like I have to be on and give my all. Um, and you know, we'd be like, Oh, I'm so exhausted by like Sunday. However, it is really rewarding just to share what you've learned and to, I think of it like the ripple effect. You're putting more people out in the world that are going to be sharing this with kids. Um, so yeah, I love leading the trainings. Yeah. Yeah. They are exhausting. (laughs) Totally. It's a a ton of energy because you're, you're holding the space for so long because they're, they're long days. You're giving so much information. Yes. And people get tired. So like, they might be like, you know, by like four o'clock on a Saturday, people are kind of, they're a little bit exhausted. They've been moving. They've been in training all day and you have to keep the energy up the whole time. You can't be like, Oh my God, I'm feeling tired right now. You have to keep it going. Um, so that's when I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, seven days of like almost 10 hour days. I'm like, I don't, I have a lot of energy. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I could do that. Right. Um, I was like, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, we might just have to choose one of those time slots. Yeah. Um, that's a good little piece of advice. I think for other people teaching kids yoga, like starting out is to also know your limits because sometimes yes. I know you get excited, people get excited and it's like a school offers you like eight classes in a row and you're like, great. And and you could do it, but I think it's, it's trial and error, but learning what's your capacity, where are your limits? Because I, I firsthand experienced, you can really get to a place of burnout. I think. When I you're, remember with you, me saying to you, like you're burnt out, you were teaching yes. so much, but you know, you were doing too much. And I, I always tell that to our instructors. Like I feel sometimes like the mama hen, but I'm like, you need to have a day off, especially because they're not all just teaching for Yogi beans. They're doing tons of other things, you know? So sometimes I have to check in and be like, is this like, can you take on this class? Is it going to be too much? And for uh, kids yoga instructors, they also have to think, is it worth my time? This, what if something is an hour and a half away? Like you have to take all those things into consideration. Um, so yeah, you definitely need to, when you're working really as any sort of, you know, in the, health and wellness world, or you're working for yourself or you're a contractor and you're working different jobs, you need to be mindful of burnout and overexhaustion and taking everything just because you're, 
you know, cause you are sometimes you're like, Oh, I might lose this. So I'm going to take this. And then you end up filling up your schedule and it's too much. So self-care is so important. Yes. We've spoken about that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like that balance between what you were talking about, the hustle and then knowing when, when to stop the hustle. It's a, it's a really, it's a tough balance because also running a kid's yoga business, it's not easy. And, and when you have, you know, teachers and you have a lot of overhead and all these things, you, you need to say yes sometimes, but you know, you just got to it's, it's trial and error. You got to figure it out. And, and it's, I think it's important too, not to compare to other, maybe kids, yoga teachers or businesses and really find for yourself. What oh, is yeah. that? What's don't that limit? Compare. Don't go on Instagram and look mm-hmm. at other people. You don't, you don't know. You don't. And that those are, you know, especially social media nowadays, specifically social media in the yoga world. It's just a, it's just a glimpse. It's just like a peephole of what they're doing, you know? Um, they're not posting like all the schools that said no right. or the account that I lost or the school that doesn't want to renew. You know, they're not posting stuff like that. Yeah, and exactly. those things happen too. For every win, there's a loss, you know? Um, and that's something constantly I'll look back at the schools I had from last year and I'm like, Oh my God, that school like didn't continue because they couldn't get, you know, PTA funding. And then I get like all hung up on that. And I'm like, yeah, but Lauren, like there's four new schools, you know? So right. you have to you don't want to, it's like what we put our attention on, right? You don't want to put your attention on those things. You want to put it on the growth and yeah. moving forward. It's like for every, you can get a hundred great comments and then you get one negative oh, one. And, and of course that's the one about that, the negative one. Yeah. 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 You, you don't even look at the, you're like, I got a hundred great ones, but that one negative one, yeah, you're just, stays with you. it stays with you. That's all you're thinking about. Absolutely. It just happened to me the other day, like last week, something happens. I don't know what it was, but something that I wanted to happen didn't happen. And I kept harping on it. And then two other things that were really good happened. And I was aware, I was like, but all I'm thinking about is the thing that didn't happen. I'm like, right. change your perspective. Like focus on the things that happened and the, the those positive things and that growth. And instead I'm like, oh, why? What did I do? You know? Yes. So, yep. Been there so and many that's times. And yoga too. It is. Right? Like, it is yoga. It's practicing yoga. And, and it's something... It's, it's funny. It's like, we teach what we need to learn almost. Yes, no, that's like, what I said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're bringing it into 100%. your kids' classes, that same idea. Um, 100%. Okay. So I, as we start to wrap things up, I like to end these episodes with little kids yoga gems. So you've already offered a lot of really, you know, really you good advice. <laughs> I do. Know. I think it'd be valuable for everyone to hear. So if someone's just starting out in kids yoga and they, you can offer one piece of advice, what would that be? It's probably going to be, um, what you resist persists. And I think that's for life too. It's not just kids yoga. However, if you go into a class and the kids just had a birthday party and they're, you know, riled up on sugar, don't be like, I'm going to teach seated mindfulness exercises today. Even if that was your plan, go with the energy that's in front of you. Yoga is now it's the first yoga sutra, you know, like you said, working with kids, it keeps us present. So you can have that lesson plan, be present to the energy that's in front of you and see if you could redirect it back to your plan, but don't force it. So what you resist persists is probably my biggest, my biggest gem that I use. Also contrast. I talk about that a lot too. If you want kids to go slow, allow them to be fast. And if you want them to be quiet, give them time to be loud. So playing with contrast really helpful Mm. for a teacher. I love that. Yeah. The, the, what you resist persists was a huge one that you taught me that, like you said, you bring that out into your life and parenting 
day one. I'm finding. Oh, absolutely. Because if you go into a class, I always say if I didn't have fun teaching the class, most likely the kids didn't have fun or they were, they took over control of the class, you know, and that's not good either. So if I was resisting and struggling, it should be a joyous thing. Look, that's not to say some classes are hard. (laughs) Of course they are. And for the most part, you know, you want to go with that flow. Um, and a good teacher. And it, it takes time. Teachers always say the hardest thing is transitioning, those transitions and how to redirect it. And that comes with practice. Right. It comes with failing and then being like, oh, I should try this. You know, it comes with time. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, if anyone wants to find you or find Yogi Beans, where can they look? Where can they look? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Yogi Beans. Just type in Yogi Beans. You'll find us. You can email us at info at Yogi Beans. Google us. I feel like Andy Cohen, doesn't he, at the end of like that show, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, just Google Yogi Beans. You can find us. We are around. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you being on here. Like I said at the beginning, you're the one that opened the door for me for kids oh. yoga. So I, you know... You mean a lot, and you've been a mentor well, in so I knew many from ways. The second I met you, that you were meant to do this. Thank so, you. I remember you know, that day I'm, very clearly. Yes, I know, I know, and I'm so grateful for you coming into my life, and I'm so proud to see what you've created. And thank you for having me as your guest. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's been so much fun. Thanks for being here, and namaste. Namaste. And now a word from this week's sponsors, Lauren's daughters. Vivian and Juliet. I like yoga because it is relaxing and my favorite poses are flower, monkey, and the rest I kind of like. I don't like the hard one. But the hardest part in yoga is for me is to sit still because I like there's a lot of stuff around me sometimes so I like touching stuff and I like um, to, and the poses are cool to me, and that's mostly what I like about yoga. I like jay beans and yoga.